1: welding instructor alex declare knows vr training platforms like forge fx help students master their skills there's a big learning curve with welding virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
3: KFI AM 640. You're listening to the John and Ken show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. From 1 until 4 on the radio every day after 4 o'clock, anything you missed or anything you want to hear again is on the iHeart app. John and Ken on demand. The uh, John and Ken show becomes a podcast. And uh, we started the day with an earthquake that only Deborah felt.
0: There she, were some other put, people that felt it. She, uh, I looked online.
3: She put a plea on our uh, group text, and uh, nobody else felt it. <laughs> it was so we thought, well,
0: it, it was it, a three point four.
3: Three point four, and Malibu is right across, right the other side of the mountain from you.
0: Exactly, you know, and my dogs felt it as well. My dogs, I think they were actually for the first time. I think my dogs were more concerned about this one than I was, even.
3: How do you determine a dog's concern?
0: Well, because they started barking, and they were. They started just hauling down the stairs because they were so scared, and then I'm trying to grab them. Were because... they
3: chasing you? Or you no,
0: were... I was trying to chase them because <laughs> I was afraid. Because again, with earthquakes, you never know mm-hmm. what starts as really teeny can turn into something really big, sure, right. or you can have a small earthquake followed by a large one. So I, I it was, I had these visions sure. of my dogs running down the stairs and then the roof caving in and Mm -hmm. so So they run
3: down barking you run down screaming then what when you get to the bottom of the stairs now what happens
0: well actually mid stairs they turned around and came to me because i they were scared i i I, I comforted them i see we did a group (laughs) (laughs) huddle
3: That says something if you you were the comforter. <laughs> I know.
0: Well, I have to put on a brave face.
3: I can't imagine the state they were in.
0: They were terrified.
3: Yeah, I didn't feel anything. Eric, you felt nothing too, right? You laughed at her. Yeah, I was yeah. in the
1: middle of my workout in the garage and yeah. there was
3: nothing. Nothing. So all right. I, I you know, I, I doubted maybe it didn't really happen.
0: Maybe it happened.
3: List. I will say Deborah does live closer to Malibu than I do. Oh, yes.
0: Thank you, Eric. Yes.
3: But still. Her uh, her hilltop.
0: Well, remember all the micro quakes that you've been talking about. So this is just uh, you know, right. another another one. Well, I to can, worry yeah. about.
3: It started my day with a good laugh. <laughs> um.
0: I'm glad I entertain you.
3: <laughs> uh, over to Texas. Texas had two huge. Um, uh, geez, I mean, you had one guy who went to a shopping mall and shot up a bunch of people, as you probably heard. And then yet another guy drove a Range Rover towards a group of immigrants in front of a Texas migrant center. And um, I guess both of these guys are Hispanic, although one of them clearly had had, uh, had gotten consumed by uh, neo-Nazi white supremacist uh, philosophy. Uh, let's take the first one here the Texas mall shooter named Mauricio Garcia. Guy's a security guard, but he's got a past. He, um, he had, he'd gotten uh, released from the army in 2008 due to mental health concerns. Now, when you actually say all this stuff out loud, it sounds uh, really crazy. You have a guy with mental health concerns, and you've just trained him on how to use heavy-duty firearms. It, it, it seems like a guy with that training who's so mentally unbalanced that they have to kick him out of the Army, maybe he should be going to uh, a mental institution for a time forever, uh, some kind of intensive treatment, see if you can fix something, and if you can't fix something, then uh, lock him up. I, I I mean, he also had undergone several firearms proficiency courses, what they call them, in 2015 and 2018 because he became a security guard. So he's trained to use the weapons in the military. Then he's double and triple trained as a security guard and got a job as a commissioned security guard. And from April 2016 to April 2020, he had three employers. His license expired. And now they found him after the shooting with a patch on his chest and the acronym RWDS. Right wing Death Squad. Which was a which is a popular phrase among white supremacy groups. And then you go through the social media accounts and uh He's got uh, a lot of rah-rah for the white supremacy and neo-Nazi groups. They also say he was an incel. If you don't know, that stands for involuntary celibate. It means a woman won't go near him. He never has sex or, in some cases, never had sex. Um, Incels not only are upset that they're not getting any, they're upset over people who are getting some. So this is exactly the guy uh, you want with, uh, with a bunch of weapons, and he's well-trained. So he uh, drove up, and this is on video, drove up to the—I don't want to hear any of this alleged stuff. I saw the guy get out of the car on the video. There was some dash cam video uh, in the parking lot. Walked up to the Allen Premium Outlets, one of those outlet malls, killed eight, wounded seven— uh, the victims were in, uh, the, the those who were wounded ranged in age from 5 to 61. So he just was indiscriminately firing all over the place. Um, had a uh, multiple weapons, AR-15 style rifle, handgun. And he stayed at a nearby motel and he also stayed at his uh, parents' home. And so here's a guy, 33, living at home. At least part of the time in cell, unemployed, or sporadically employed. Yeah, they they you 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 could pick them out if you could get a bio of everyone every young guy in the state in any state you could pick by looking at the bio, looking at their uh, you know if they're living with their parents, they have arms training if they've had. Uh, If they're an incel, if they have a social media account with all sorts of ugly, violent messages, uh, neo-Nazi messages, you know what? You bet a lot of money on that guy, you're going to win. He's going to snap one day and shoot up a lot of people. It's not that hard to figure out who's going to do it. That's what cracks me up, because everybody hand rings and goes, what are we going to do about this? How do we stop this? I don't know. These guys advertise themselves for many years. Just have to have the uh, guts to lock them up. Um And then you've got this other character here who ran over. God, how many people did he get? Um 19 in an SUV, plowed into a bus stop across the street from a migrant center in Brandsville, Texas. And... You could see the moment of impact on, on the video. Because uh, uh, all this stuff has been online. He also was uh, shouting profanities at people. It seems intentional. Um, another Hispanic male. cop said he was uncooperative, yelling profanities as he raced toward them. So it clearly looks like this is what he, what he wanted to do. And... Uh, Nobody knows what what set him off either. Now, Brownsville has been the site of massive migration. We're going to talk more about this in a minute. Uh, You're not going to believe what's coming this week because they're going to be lifting Title 42. And Title 42 was the only thing that was putting any kind of a cap on the number of immigrants coming over the border. You are going to see tens of thousands of them storming over the border. And if you're not familiar with Title 42, it was... It was a a federal provision that allowed the president to declare a medical emergency and keep people from coming into the country uh, if they're if they're uh, illegal. Uh, And of course, it was it was a covid provision. But now you have everybody declaring the pandemic over. In fact, the uh, CDC has declared it over. The uh, World Health Organization has declared it over. The Biden administration has declared it over, which means he can't legally uh, continue with with uh, Title 42. Obviously, there's no replacement. God forbid they would come up with a replacement that would keep illegal immigrants out without a medical excuse behind it. But they didn't do that because they never do. And now he's running for reelection, which is its own joke. And uh, there's going to be tens of thousands of people uh, piling over the border. Uh, to join the several million that have already made it over in the first two and a half years of his uh, presidency. Um, the 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 Governor of Texas is threatening a tactical border force. I'll explain that coming up. Uh, and I'll explain the details on the migrant surge as well because you're gonna see some uh, some wild video, I think, in the next few days because they're 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 massing at the border. In unprecedented numbers, Uh, everybody knows the day, everybody knows the policy change. Everybody knows that the U.S. can't handle it. In fact, the Biden administration is going to welcome it. I mean, they're going to they're going to put up, you know, the uh, the appearance of resistance. But ultimately, this is what they want. They want to transform America, transform voting patterns. We'll talk more about it coming up. John and Ken KFI. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand. From KFI AM six forty. Oh, if you're looking for money, we don't have any more money. Nope, nothing. Unless you want, Eric, you want to donate a thousand to your pocket there. Uh, me donate a thousand? Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. No, I'm. I'll pass on that. All right, I, well, I need someone to donate a thousand to me. We have no takers. Then, then uh, I'm sorry, you're out of luck. We are. Uh, we don't have a contest going for now. So um, you'll just have to look. Hey, the show's free anyway. You get what you pay for. No need. We have to pay you for this. At least not now. Uh, I was was telling you about the border because there's there's a lot of tension that's been building up. Uh, In Brownsville, you had the situation where uh, somebody drove a Range Rover, and it looks like it was on purpose, into a bus stop area. There were 17 people standing at the bus stop outside a shelter. Uh, This shelter houses homeless illegal aliens. So, you know, this is like a double issue because not only do you have a huge influx of illegal aliens in Texas, but then they, they're they homeless. And so the state is got nowhere to put them. And they're coming in so heavy. Everybody I talk to who doesn't, uh, how can I put this? They don't They don't understand why this is a big deal. But you start explaining to them that when you get tens of thousands of people, there are no rooms for them. There's no houses there's not even tents for these people. Most of them are young men. Don't let the ridiculous media coverage fool you. These are not women and children for the most part. it's young guys and they come looking for work so just at least understand what the true demographic is not the propaganda and bs that they shovel you from uh, Progressiveville. so it's a lot of young guys and you know you have enough young guys standing around with nothing to do well nobody, nobody wants that all right young guys uh, with nothing to do they're not working they're not going to school uh that's that's uh, that can get crazy somebody in a range rover came in and drove very quickly and just obliterated the crowd uh he'd run a red light uh a screaming profanity and There's probably going to be more trouble because there's tens of thousands that are going to be pouring in every day. So the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, uh, has this Texas tactical border force made up of elite National Guard soldiers trained for one thing. He says that's to identify illegal immigrants trying to cross the border and to fill that gap and to repel them. Uh, they don't. Know, they haven't said how many National Guard troops. Now you know there's 1,500 uh, U.S. military coming as well, but they, they, they're dropping their weapons before they get to the border. They're going to be working uh, desk jobs to try to free up more Border Patrol. Basically, the Border t- Patrol acts as a concierge. Look at them as hotel clerks, right? They, they've got they got spiffy uniforms. They've got a lot of training. They got big weapons and all. Uh, they, you know they're really good at strategy, tracking people, but the but Biden has pretty much chopped off uh all their manhood and told them to be hotel clerks. Welcome, sir. Welcome to America. Where can I seat you? Would you Would you like dinner? And that that's that's the treatment. And a Abbott, of course, is sending multitudes to New York and Chicago. What's funny is Eric Adams, the Democratic mayor of New York, he's trying to send the, the migrants on to the uh, New York City suburbs because even Eric Adams is so fed up with all the immigrants. But hey, when he took over as mayor a year and a half ago, he went along with the Sanctuary City designation, and that's what Abbott's responding to. I'm really entertained by the war between uh, the uh, local politicians, where Abbott looks at New York and says, oh, your sanctuary city? Here, take this. And then Eric Allen is turning around saying, well, we can't take all these migrants, and he's sending them to Rockland County, which is suburbia, rich suburbia, north of New York City, because I grew up in the New York metro area. Well, believe me, they're not going to want illegal immigrants sent in, to Rockland County. In fact, one of the towns, they're holding an emergency meeting they're going to declare, well, a state of emergency to come up with some legal mechanism to block the importation of the immigrants into the these Rockland County towns. So I guess they're going to send them somewhere else. Now, this kind of chaos really shouldn't exist, but we don't have a president who's conscious. We have a president who is probably napping about 18 hours a day, and the White House is being run by progressive obsessive fanatics who think everyone has a a religious right to come into this country and live anywhere they want and we're supposed to provide the uh, provide the money and well, I you know I was telling I was telling people I started out by saying you know you talk to people who don't think this is a big deal then you start explaining it's like well where are they supposed to go to school the ones that do have kids like do you want? Ten kids in your son or daughter's class who can't speak the language? Oh no, I wouldn't want that. Well, what do you think's happening? What do you think's happening? They don't have jobs, a lot of them. You know, the unemployment rate is really low. There, you know, a lot of the jobs that are available are skilled positions. So I there there's this knee jerk response along, you know, and there there you know there's a lot of restaurants, uh, you know, looking for people. It's like, well, yes, they're scattered all over the country. They all come piling to Brownsville, or a lot of them are sent to New York City. There isn't necessarily job openings for all these people. I'm, and technically, it's illegal to be hiring them, but that's a whole nother story. Um, in El Paso, there's 2,200 migrants camped in the streets, living on the streets, they are a few blocks from the major ports of entry that connect El Paso with Juarez. El Paso Mayor Oscar Leeser, another Democratic mayor who's angry, said that 10 to 12,000 migrants are in Juarez waiting to cross. And he doesn't know what's going to happen. The migrants are coming to the border under the assumption it's going to be easier to gain entry to the U.S. when Title 42 goes away. But uh, that may not be true if the U.S. suddenly decides to enforce the law. And there are signs and rumors that the Biden administration may respond to this this surge by enforcing the law. Uh, Border patrol officials in, in Brownsville said they're running drills to try to deal with a surge of migrants. They might have to close the bridge because people cross from the Mexican town of Matamoros to Brownsville using a covered walkway. And they're worried about long lines of migrants, and uh, it it looks it you know it looks like they might have to close the bridge anyway. It it, it it's a mess. It's a self created, self inflicted. you know, competent competent administrations don't allow this to happen. Period. They just don't. And enough of the ideology, and enough of, of all the silly preaching uh, about everybody having a right to live here. No, they don't. We can't handle it. It's not good for anybody. It's costing a tremendous amount, and now you have, you know, some fringe wackos deciding that they're going to take the justice into their own hands, and you got one guy uh, running down 17 people at a migrant bus stop. That is self-created anarchy from the White House. This is not something anybody asked for. All right, we got got more coming up. Uh, California has a reparations task force that Newsom created. And they voted on Saturday. I'm going to tell you how much this task force thinks should be paid by the taxpayers to account for slavery. Uh, and I will tell you the brief history of slavery in California. And see if this justifies your tax money paying reparations to uh, over events that happened over 170 years ago.
1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
3: Some things are so hard to believe. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, just so you know, we are going to have Alex Stone on to uh, give us more detail on the guy who shot up all those people at the outlet mall in Allen, Texas. Okay, and that's going to come up at 2 o'clock. We're going to get a ABC News Network report from, uh, from Alex Stone. Ken's away today, by the way. All right. Uh, you may have heard that Saturday... Newsom's California Reparations Task Force voted that, that the state provide billions of dollars in cash payments to the descendants of slaves or, alternately, to all black Californians. that they all get reparations. Now, the history of slavery in California... Slavery was banned in 1849 when they put the Constitution together. The state didn't even become the state until 1850. Now, while slavery was banned, the state had no laws that made it a crime to keep somebody enslaved. There was no law that required they be free. So slavery continued. And there was the California fugitive slave law of 1852, which authorized slaveholders to use violent means to capture enslaved people. Um, and then slavery was abolished federally at the Civil War in 1865. So you had you had, it was finally abolished in 1865. Now that would be. A hundred and, uh, 58 years ago. Is my math right on that? 168 years ago? Say the numbers again. Wait a second. It's 35 plus 100, 135 plus uh, 23. 158 years ago. I'm so quick. So 158 years ago, the federal government banned slavery. It was actually banned in the state, uh, 16 years before that but not enforced. Now, now this commission wants all Californians to pay billions of dollars of tax money for something that ended legally in 1865. That is, I think, going to be very difficult for most people to swallow. I don't know why anybody living today has to pay any money to anyone for things that happened to 1865. The the slaveholders are dead. The slaves are dead. The politicians who created this are dead. there's, There's no relationship between life in California in 1865. And California was also very lightly populated. I mean, maybe if you want to go after the descendants of slaveholder families. But I moved here from New Jersey. And my dad came to New Jersey from Poland, where he was a slave under the Nazis during World War II. And I don't think he ever got any reparations. So you have a a slave escaping the Germans in what would it have been, 1945 making it to america i get born and i move here to california decades later and now i'm supposed to pay for what was happening here among a small number of people that were in i should look up the population of look up the eric could you look up population of california in 1865 like how many how many people were even here then I know we've got about thirty-nine million plus now, but the thirty-nine million plus we're all going to get taxed in some way. So I'm, I'm, I'm. If I'm trying to look at this rationally here, because we, you know, they they say they want money for medical care. I I think most blacks are employed, and they're getting medical care at their jobs. And if they're not, we do have generous Medi-Cal benefits and Medicare benefits. We have the most generous welfare laws in the country. So we have the most generous food stamp laws in the country. I got it, John. How how many people? First federal census was in 1860, and the residents in California was 308,000. 308,000. Can you imagine that? It's 39 million plus now. So it's a hundred times more than a hundred times what they had. So it was it was three hundred and eight thousand. And how many of those people were slaveholders? How do you extrapolate extrapolate what was going on a hundred and sixty eight years ago, involving three hundred thousand people, most of whom probably were not slave. Holders or slaves. And now here we are in, in 2023. And so many people in California. Came from other states and other countries. Like what about everybody who's immigrated from Mexico. And Central America. Why are they on the hook for this? We. California is filled up with people. Who emigrated from the other 49 states. And from dozens and dozens of other countries. So, again, I'm I'm scratching my head here, especially since most black Californians are employed. Most of those get health care. And if they don't, we have generous Medi-Cal, Medicare. I mean, we're at the top of the charts. You could go look it up. Nobody spends more money on social programs. I mean, in fact, the money to me is absurd and ridiculous, but it does exist. So they... uh, they have all these formulas here. They want 13000 They want to pay $13,000 to each person for each year of residency. They want compensation for mass incarceration and over policing of African Americans. Well, first of all, you get incarcerated when you commit a crime. And why should people who didn't get put into prison? get payment for that the people who did the people who did the crime shouldn't get compensated the people who didn't commit a crime shouldn't get compensated I think there'd be a very tiny number of people who were put in prison wrongly that you could compensate I don't understand housing discrimination 3300 a year for every year between 1933 and 1977 God, how many people, is there anybody alive that was looking for a house in 1933 and was denied it? Anybody alive who was looking for a house in 1943 in 1953? What is this? And then, and then this idea that, oh, and and two of the lawmakers who sit on the task force, State Senator Stephen Bradford of Gardena. And Assemblyman Reggie Jones-Sawyer of Los Angeles, we talked about them last week. They're the ones who don't want to prosecute fentanyl dealers who kill teenage children with poison pills. This is the story where kids are getting what they think is Adderall or Percocet through some dealer on Snapchat or TikTok. And then the fentanyl in those pills kill them. And trying to get a law passed, the parents of these dead children are trying to get a law passed to prosecute the dealers as murderers. And Stephen Bradford and Reggie Jones-Sawyer, who sit on the public safety committees, uh, don't want to prosecute. But they do want to hand out billions and billions of dollars, mostly to people on all sides who had nothing to do with it. I Now, if Newsom goes for this, I, is he just letting this play out because he's virtue signaling? Is this an elaborate virtue signaling theatrical performance on the part of Newsom? He's really going to do this? Because remember, it, this Democratic election for president is far from over. There is a long way to November of 2024. Biden may not make it there. It suddenly could be wide open as to who runs on the Democratic side. To poll the other day, we're going to talk more about this later in detail. Two thirds of Democrats in this country think Biden is mentally shot. Two thirds think he's physically shot. Though some of them will vote for him anyway, especially if they're voting. uh, Especially if he's running against Trump. But put Trump aside or DeSantis aside on the merits of Joe Biden, two thirds of the public think he's he's shot, including majority of Democrats. are right, more coming up, John Ken Show. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM six forty. So we were telling you about how uh, Newsom has its reparations panel that has voted uh, that uh, billions and billions of dollars uh, could be spent on um reparations to california black citizens uh even though none of none of the people living in the state today had anything to do with slave slavery which ended in 1865 none of us did on on either side and most uh are not descendants of California slavery. Most are not descendants of California slaveholders. Nearly everybody, because there was only three hundred thousand people living in the state back then. Now there's thirty nine million, and we know that you know fifty or uh, is a, a, a huge percentage of the state is now Hispanic. So you have people that have poured in from Mexico and and Central America, and you're going to charge them for reparations too. They were dealing with their own stuff back then. But there's two politicians who keep popping up. They're ultra-progressive, ultra-destructive. Stephen Bradford, who is a state senator from Gardena, and then an assemblyman named Richie Sawyer-Jones, who's an assemblyman from Los Angeles. And they're on the uh, Senate and Assembly Public Safety Committees, respectively, and they vote down every single measure that would put bad guys away in prison for harming people. Including, they don't want to prosecute fentanyl dealers, no matter how many teenage boys and girls die of fentanyl poisoning at their hands. Okay. I don't know how extreme it's going get. It's to get. It's very extreme in California, but I guess not extreme enough. In the state of Washington, over this fentanyl situation, it has gotten so extreme that a very left-wing, very progressive city, Bellingham, is doing something unthinkable. Bellingham is very liberal. It's 92,000 people. But there are so many people overdosing on fentanyl and everything else. 223 overdoses between January and April the 12th. That's two and a half a day. Two and a half calls a day. Fire department shows up 223 times. (coughs) Population of 92,000 people. Among the dead are two teenagers and a five-year-old. This is really awful. Five-year-old overdoses on fentanyl in March. The police found the kid with foam, little girl, foam coming out of her mouth. According to one council member, Edwin Williams, overdoses are so common, one victim was dead for hours before anyone even noticed. William said there was a guy sitting on the curb in a parking lot with his head bowed right out in the open. And a police officer told me he'd been been dead there for at least 12 hours. Even the officer didn't do anything about it. The guy sitting dead for 12 hours. It shocked me to my core. Why did it shock you? What did you think was going to happen? See, they've allowed rampant drug use in Bellingham for quite some time. In fact, it's considered the most hippie town in Washington, and that's what that's what hippies do. They just take drugs all day, and then they die. People get shocked. Uh, the New York Post took some photos, found people slumped over in their cars, makeshift makeshift encampments in rusty RVs. One destitute person slumped by a shopping cart with their possessions. Now. This was once a beautiful town on the coast. It's an hour south of the Canadian border. It's on water. Going back to uh, Edwin Williams, he goes, I've lived here for 30 years. And no, I haven't seen anything like this. I would characterize our city as one that is trying and willing to bend over backwards to help and provide people with programs to address addiction or homelessness well, you've bent over backwards and you just ended up with a lot of dead homeless people, haven't you? Because those people don't want the program. It goes back to what the writer Sam Quinone has told us. People get on drugs that kill their will to survive. They no longer have a will to survive, which means they don't want your program. But he says the combination of COVID. Oh, yeah, always use COVID as an excuse. The pervasiveness of fentanyl pushed everything to the limit. And so now, as of April 10th, they made it a crime to a crime to inject, ingest, or inhale hard drugs in public. The state had passed a law two years ago that did the opposite, and decriminalized drug possession, and allowed you to inject, ingest, and inhale hard drugs. The state actually passed a law that allowed you to do it. And now Bellingham is looking around, and there's dead bodies. And there's a five year old foaming at the mouth, dead. And there's teenagers dead. And they're going, all right. Maybe that was not a good idea. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. What do you think was going to happen? So I don't understand. Does anybody, when they do something radical and stupid, ever, ever does it ever cross their mind? I wonder what's going to happen. What's going to happen if you have unlimited uh, fentanyl and uh, meth, where you can do it in public? There's no consequences. There's no penalty. Oh, but we have programs for them. Joining the high from meth or fentanyl. You don't want a program. You want more meth and fentanyl. Here's, uh, here's a couple of, here's a story on the two teenagers. Emily Hawaz found dead at a homeless encampment behind the Belling, Bellingham Home Depot. Yeah, it's a, always been a good idea for Home Depot to allow homeless encampments. And some of the guys are selling, uh, Fentanyl, and then a uh, teenage girl dies. 70 uh, year old Aaron Coleman died at his grandfather's home. Uh, the county's had 11 overdose. Oh, listen, they had 11 overdose deaths in 2018, 50 in 2021, 89 in 2022. Again, they were proud, the most hippie town in Washington. Excellent. I would feel very proud of that. You actually knocked off. Eighty nine people last year with your hippiness and probably you'll crack a hundred. Here's my uh, favorite quote. Well, actually, there's a couple of quotes here. Um, They talked to some guy named Steven Satushek. I would consider myself a progressive person, but there are just a lot of laws and things that I don't think work properly. Yeah. Like allowing people to ingest hard drugs in public. I'd walk around downtown. It's just awful. I went with my son to some of these homeless camps, and they're just horrid, filthy places. <laughs> well, what would you think was going to happen? What else could happen? You know, but we're the most uh, liberal, progressive town that I know of. Okay? There's your reward. Congratulations. There's your prize. Uh, all right, we come back. Alex Stone on the... Uh, <laughs> i got to get which, which, uh, which tragedy he's covering here in Texas. Oh, it's the, uh, the killer at the outlet mall. He'll be on. Alex Stone from ABC News. John and Ken Show, Deborah Mark with more live from the 24-hour KFI Newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
1: 2025 QX 80 coming this summer
2: with every CBD product claiming to do something different. It's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus naturals pioneered the farm to front door model of transparency, where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Got
0: menopause? We've got you. Hi, Jackie here, founder of ExoJackie. Feel supported throughout your menopause journey and beyond with our organic protein powders and symptom relief boosts. Formulated to keep bones and muscles strong, ExoJackie products help reduce bloating, hot flashes, and weight gain. Enjoy 20% off with promo code EXOPODCAST. Shop now at exojacqui.com. Made for women by women.